0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Building Management Podcast brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Devin Bentley. And today we have Adam Bernhardt with us, the VP and General Manager at Peloton Commercial Real Estate at the Bank of America Plaza here in Dallas, uh, which is a 72-story building, one of the tallest, not only in Texas, but of all of America. Adam, thank you so much for joining us to talk today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, Adam. And so... We're going to dive into this building, and uh, it's, it's the iconic building that, that lights up all of Dallas. It's the third tallest building, uh, of course, in the state of Texas, and uh, I, I want to get into that, but first I want to kind of talk about you and your background. Can you fill us in on your route, your journey thus far, uh, what your background is in building management that brought you to managing such an iconic structure?
1: Sure. Uh, so I just kind of happened into. Building management or property management. I used to be a uh, customer service operations manager for a domestic household goods freight forwarder and uh, uh, sought a change in career and landed in property management. Um, Been in the industry about 22 years now and started with a great company, Heinz, and then worked for other great companies like Jones Lang LaSalle, Stream Realty, and now at Peloton. It's mostly been with downtown high rise office towers, but I've done suburban and industrial properties as well.
0: Well, and I want to get into the building itself. You know, usually on the podcast, we we talk about maybe different facilities like athletic facilities or other buildings uh, management wise. But we have yet to talk about a skyscraper that we're talking about a 72 story skyscraper. It's the third tallest in Texas. It's a top 30 skyscraper in America, Um, almost two million square feet of office space. Uh, That's that's really something. I mean, talk about the numbers there. and maybe some numbers that might surprise people. Uh, what do we know mm-hmm. about this building? Is there anything like really unique or interesting?
1: Well, some of the things about the property: we have over 170 cameras that are monitored by our security 24 seven. Wow. Where you go through uh, about 400 rolls of toilet paper a day, servicing the 500 <laughs> different toilets in the building. We have about 24,000 hand towels used in the restroom every day and we have about seventeen thousand different uh, trash cans scattered throughout the building so it's kind of a big operation
0: wow so all the things that are going on there's business going on on every level but then there's also the business inside the business so that's <laughs> there's some astounding numbers um, <laughs> well let's let's okay let's focus on another piece of the building though. i mentioned earlier that it, this building is really iconic again uh, for everybody listening here of course we're talking about a very visual um structure so we're going to include pictures and links uh here in the podcast as well but uh the bank of america plaza is most well known for vibrant green led lighting that runs the edges uh so adam can you talk about the talk about the lighting Uh, this is what everybody knows the building by what sets it apart there's almost two miles worth of led lighting Uh, again it's an iconic green but oftentimes you know i live here in the city i actually full disclosure i work in this building as well uh Oftentimes it changes, uh, whether there's an event going on or, or something's happening in the world um, or, or in our state. So what what's the process there? Uh, who makes the call to make those colors change? Uh, how does that work? I think everybody's always wondered that.
1: Sure. So. Right. Most of the time we are an argon green and the building was originally developed in 1985 with argon tubing, much like uh, neon tubing. And the green color was selected in order to, because it's the uh, color band that can be seen the farthest by the human naked eye. Uh, so they wanted it to be a sculpture artwork for the city and the community um, after hours, as well as the iconic design during the day uh, without the lighting. Uh, in 2014, they upgraded the package to LEDs and replaced it um, for several million dollars, and that gave us the ability to put in some movement as well as just about any color in the rainbow. Um, so we can do different packages. We feel we have a responsibility to maintain the green as much as possible because it is an icon in Dallas, and when you see it, you recognize, well, I'm looking at Dallas. Um But, you know, having this height and structure and the great visibility that we have, we leverage that to support our community and charity events and significant events that happen in the world and holiday celebrations as well. Uh, So we kind of uh, have worked with our ownership to lay out some guidelines. Uh, I am the one that makes the call as to are we within those guidelines or are we not? So we approve events or not. Uh, We don't participate in corporate events. So if a large auto manufacturer decided to roll out a new logo and they wanted to change a color and wanted us to change the lights on the building, we would respectfully decline. But we support the Leukemia Foundation, Stand Up for Cancer, uh, Back the Blue for supporting law enforcement, um, as well as holidays and uh, showing tribute to uh, sports achievements and teams like that.
0: Right. So, yeah, that makes sense that, you know, maybe if the Omni was working with a, an automobile dealer and uh, they were on board with um, putting something in their lights, it might not work with your policy. But oftentimes I've seen the whole city coordinated. You know, I've, I remember driving up from Houston. Of course, the first thing you look for is the Bank of America Plaza. It's a beacon um, and it wasn't green. It was red and the Omni was red and the ball was red. And so all the buildings were uh, coordinated. So. Um, I guess you make that call for Bank of America Plaza but how do you coordinate with the other buildings uh, to make sure that the entire city is we
1: work as a as a community we have relationships that uh, we work together on so if there is a big uh, uh, event that happens um, or that's coming to town and we want to show look Dallas is this is important to Dallas overall as a community we'll coordinate with each other to say what are you doing how are we doing it we lay out the specific colors and who's doing motion and who's not and what that would be and uh, just plan it out that way so uh, it, it really works well but it's because of the community of Dallas and and just maintaining those relationships I think that we're able to keep it going as strongly as we do
0: that's so neat and that is a good segue into what I was going to ask next um, again the the building itself is iconic it's a beacon people look for it first uh, it's constantly photographed uh if you if you have a if you have a photo of Dallas it's in it Um, That and the Dallas ball. um, It's displayed on TV every time I watch Sunday night football there. I mean, they are sure to show it and it's in the background of the studio. Um, So oftentimes you said there's a community here in Dallas. Your lights can reflect or set the mood of the city. You know, what does that mean for your team running the building and what kind of responsibility do you feel? I know you have a lot of policies in place, but what about responsibility?
1: Yeah, one of uh, the things is that we feel uh, fortunate and honored to be able to be working at such a great property like this. And so we we realize that um, this building, Bank of America Plaza, with the green lights is one of the if not the major icon within Dallas. So we, we we have to guard that. We're not the omni, and we don't change the lights something different every other day, which they can and should do for what their use is. Um, so we try to just maintain mostly that green where we can. And then uh, for our team, when we put together a new package or um, try to decide on what we're going to do and who we're going to support, we guard it like it's our own reputation. We want to do a first-class job of making sure that uh, everything comes off well, that the lights are are looking great, because it can be a little odd sometimes with the glass that we have and the tint that it has. That what uh, they may give us as a uh, RBG red green, red green blue code um, looks a little different color uh, because a lot of the reflection is bouncing off of our glass, and so we have to tweak it sometimes to make sure we match the way that we need to. But it's very uh, humbling to be a part of it all, but also uh, pride comes into effect as well. We, we take great pride in making sure that everything goes very well.
0: Well, it's definitely the first thing that you think about when you look at the city of Dallas and the skyline and Dallas skyline itself is iconic because of all the neon lights and all of the neon lights. You first think of Bank of America Plaza. Um, let's let's move on for the lights. I do have some more questions about the actual building and running it. Um, you know, your your job your operation that your operations you're in charge of. Um, what are some of the challenges you face, Adam? Whether it's security, keeping tenants happy, you have a seventy-two-story structure that you are running. What are some challenges that maybe people just wouldn't understand?
1: Well, we're you know we're in the core of the CBD, um, so there's a very diverse area around us. It's very uh, dense. We have to provide like a small city. We have to provide security, life safety, the the fire response if there were something to go wrong, emergency responses. Um, we have to keep everything consistent working well every day. so um, those are a lot of our big challenges but then there's also the battle for talent overall. Uh, does somebody want to be downtown? does somebody want to be in uh, their own campus that they build? Uh, the you know for a while uh, downtown was a little downtown Dallas was a little dead and it's done a tremendous job recovering over the last 10 years and I think that the momentum is with us. We now have about 12,000 residences inside the core downtown. Um, and so that's a high number. We're starting to see more and more retail and um, uh, other hotels come in. So it's it, it's growing and building our way. Um, so the challenges are uh, making an environment where tenants want to be. Tenants want to be where their employees are happy. And uh, so we have to create an environment for that uh, talent that our tenants are looking to seek or that inbound tenants are looking to seek. Uh, so that's A a bit of a challenge uh, that we face every day is how do we stay on the cutting edge of incorporating new technology into a 30-year-old building that services all the needs of these tenants, but then also creates an environment and a community to where people want to be here as individuals. Otherwise, they could vote with their feet, as they say, and go find a job elsewhere.
0: That's a good point. Uh, You know, it's so much more than work now. It's it's a work, play, live really mentality that a lot of companies are, are realizing they have to. So, you know, that makes me, you know, wonder. I mean, Dallas is a city where, I mean, more and more people are moving every day. Um, Very similar situations to fit cities like Phoenix, Nashville, Denver, growing cities. Uh, It's not like New York where you have to build up, you can build out. So that's what a lot of these cities are doing, including Dallas and the DFW area. there's mid-rise offices going up, and then people are building or either bringing their companies to Texas and putting them in the suburbs, or looking for where to put them. Uh, how do you, what, what do you say when you're working with a potential tenant who is deciding where they want to put their put their people, uh, and they're trying to decide between a, a centrally located downtown office, potentially with you, or moving out towards the suburbs again. It's kind of that problem you were talking about earlier. You know, what what are the benefits, though, of of keeping it centrally located in downtown?
1: Sure. So uh, let me step back just one second. Successful property management firms are service providers that allow companies to focus on their core business without worrying about their real estate needs. That being said, you know, it started as simple bricks and mortar, um, and the industry is grown increasingly more complex the entire industry across the nation so whether you're suburban or downtown um, the property management responsibilities continue to evolve and grow just like everywhere uh, wrapping in different amenity packages life safety dependability and efficiency um, anticipating services The local management is now taking on more roles of ownership and asset management. That's kind of being pushed down, and that's happening through the adaptation of technology uh, to support this shift. And so in order for us to be successful in leasing in a downtown environment, first we have to check the boxes. Do we do property management 101 very well? so that we can compete. And the building is LEED Gold certified, BOMA 360 certified. It's won a local Toby um, Office Building of the Year award. So those kind of things help show the local market and potential tenants that, yes, we know what we're doing, and we have proof that we've been tested in it, and we can do well. So that gets us in the game. Then we get to move on to, is this the place best place for the tenant if I have comfort that all those other things are being taken care of the way they need to be? and that's the competition for talent. You do that mostly through amenities. So we have like a tenant lounge on level 42 all of the tenants can use uh, to go up and have a breakout session. We provide conference centers, a fitness center, um, open area spaces to where people can get together uh, either for social or business meetings. It's, again, about an overall experience so that the tenants have a feeling of, These people know what they're doing, and I can, my employees would enjoy spending time here. We have eight different restaurants or eateries downstairs, a convenience store. You know, everybody's got a Starbucks, we do too. So you have to go through providing all the base amenities, but then I think it's more about that customer experience, and that's driven by the customer service responsiveness and proactiveness that you have to do in order to uh, really bring people. Into the building and let them know that this is the best value. Pricing is important, but it's not going to win at the win at the end of wow. the day.
0: I mean, there are so many boxes that that a, a property management group or a building has to check off. Um, so, I mean, but at the end of the day, you do have to be the most appealing option. And I mean, of course, myself working here, um, I can say that that's definitely the case uh, in this building. But um, let me ask you this: You mentioned technology. Um, can you tell me a little bit about? what you see in the future as a thought leader and somebody who's worked in property management for some time um and worked in similar buildings what do you see on the near horizon or, or things that you see maybe starting to be implemented um in the next year or two or even five years
1: sure some of the it's an exciting time uh, especially with the technology that's rolling through so we have like the integration of things different systems within the property talking to each other and that's kind of happened in the past but not so much we you first started to get into automation of the payable system and the accounting system and then there was you went from the paper files of uh, preventative uh, maintenance and work orders into electronic files Um, so now we're starting to get where we can integrate all of that in order to anticipate tenants needs or be very responsive so we have a system um, in place to where a tenant can use their phone to place a work order it'll pop back up that, hey, I, I see that you sent me a work order so it's been acknowledged. They get immediate feedback. We can make the adjustment. The system is growing towards the more they talk together, they're going to be where once they put that work order in and say what the issue is, the system, artificial intelligence, may already be able to address it without ever having to have an engineer or an, a physical human being um, manage it or work with it. It just makes the adjustment or recalibrates something and says, okay. Now I'm working the way that I should be, and then it'll follow up and uh, check again later. Uh, Things like life safety systems that are integrated with uh, uh, cell phones or smartphones. The smartphones are just going to grow more and more influential in the way that people do business. The desk phone will go away. Right now we have a system for our emergency response system within the building. If If we've worked with a tenant to put all their employees in their system, well, then we can give them feedback as to, this many of your 100 employees has gone through the life safety training for these different categories. So then they have real data to be able to say, we know that everyone's trained, or I can go back, that person can go back and uh, tell their company they need to train further or more. In an emergency, we, uh, our system will send them an email, a text, and a voicemail, and they can actually respond back, yes, I'm okay or no I'm not and it'll keep pinging and then that information we know that these employees on these different levels are not responding the way that they need to. So we get instant uh, feedback that we can provide to first responders to help uh, solve situations in a more timely manner. It's that uh, immediate response and gratification to the people that are using the thing, the technology that uh, is going to help us stay competitive. The, another thing is like um, smartphones in the future Will be used like at hotels. They're rolling it out now, where it's your door key, it's your access card, and uh, soon that'll be integrated, I think, into uh, uh, commercial management systems as well.
0: Wow, that, there's so much. I mean, when you think about when the when this building was built in uh, 1985, it was it was a building, you know. I mean, the elevators went up and down, and now with the IoT and, and all the different safety measures in place and different devices that can be used, it's it's a it's 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 almost a living thing. The constant the constant bits and pieces moving, it's its incredible. Um, Adam, I wanna thank you for coming on. Uh, again, we've been speaking with Adam Bernhardt, he's the VP and General Manager of Peloton Commercial Real Estate at Bank of America Plaza. Adam, thank you so much for joining us and, and all the insights that you've given on the building.
1: It's my pleasure, thank you very much.
0: For more information and pictures, videos on the Bank of America Plaza, you can go to baplaza.com. And for more information in building management, the latest articles, podcast like we just had here with Adam, News Minutes, you can go to marketscale.com, go to the Building Management Industry Publication, and you'll find it all there. I want to thank you all again. I want to thank Adam. I'm your host, Devin Bentley, and we will talk to you next time.